are back. Another episode of Dynasty Theory, proud member of the DLF Family Podcast. I'm John Bauer. It's Tuesday night, guys. It's Tuesday night. We are joined by Dan Lamagna. What's up, Dan? Gentlemen, as always, good to see you. Man, enjoying probably what feels like one of the most fun free agency periods ever. So I look forward to talking more about it tonight. And maybe we'll get lucky like Mitch and I did last week, JB, and get some breaking news like David Montgomery or, you know, someone big might just sign tonight during the show. Who knows? I enjoyed your episode last week. Of course, I, 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 Dan, you're telling lies to people live on the air that I was at the game. Somebody DM me and was like, Hey, are you at the pick game? I'm like, no, I'm not. They were half truths, JB. We like Mitch and I really didn't even know. Like, was he there? Was he watching on TV? And I think pre-show we were making funny because we're like, Hey, he's probably just watching it on TV. And you were, of course. So of course. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, being at the game was a better story. I know, I know. We're also joined by Mitch Sorensen. What's up, Mitch? What's going on? At least we have news to talk about. That's good. We like this. Yeah, I would say, what, well, the first wave, second wave of free agency, it's in the books. We still have some guys that are trickling in here and there. Uh, Ronald Jones, big signing Ooh, by the Dallas one. Cowboys. Ooh-wee. Dan's going to have his jersey that. up here in a week. If I was excited, I you know I would have opened the show with that, and I and I didn't, so that should tell you something. Uh, what we're going to talk about tonight, it's not going to be Ronald Jones, at least I hope not. We are going to talk about a few guys that, uh, a few different scenarios, right? They've risen in value for one of two reasons: their landing spot in free agency, or <coughs> where. They currently are. There was a free agent to go elsewhere. All right. Or uh, situations where they maybe fell in value and we don't believe it's warranted. So essentially, who is providing you a value at their current price tag? Who might be overvalued by the dynasty community and in a sense being a trap? And we should look to get out from them. So the timing here in between, like I said, that first and second wave of free agency and then the NFL draft this next, what, five weeks, it's it's going to be very important. And and we're going to see a lot of swings both ways where we're looking to get out from certain players or we're looking to acquire them. Could it backfire? Heck yeah. You know, I, I know I, I've put my flag on a few guys in the past that whether it was due to free agency or uh, making a preemptive move before a value swing that I was expecting in the NFL draft, and, and it just didn't come to fruition. Anyway, newly signed free agents that you believe should have risen in value. Maybe they did, but you believe they should have risen a little bit more. Maybe they didn't, and then as a result, being a tremendous value here after the first week of free agency. Who wants to get us started? Mitch, Dan? We both have uh, Penny written down, so I think it just makes sense with Rashad Penny. It's He's just going to such a good landing spot. I mean, the one thing we do need to be wary of is Bijan could end up there, right? There is... There aren't a lot of teams in the first round who could go after running back. The Eagles are actually set up to draft Bijan. But outside of that, Rashad Penny is just in such an absolute great position that if he could just stay healthy, 
I mean, he's a better running back than Miles Sanders. And it's not because Miles Sanders is bad or anything. It's just Rashad Penny is very, very, very good when he's on the field. He just needs to stay on the field. And if that could happen, Miles Sanders' season from last year, that could be Penny and then some. So if I could get that at his lower cost that he is now, I'm all about it because I think his value should definitely be higher than what it is. I like how Mitch went with the, the mutual guy on our lists. And, you know, I, I started the show JB and Mitch saying, you know, this has been just such an awesome free agent season. I think it's more just because I'm like a kid in a toy store and, you know, you get to update your rankings and you're, we're figuring out the puzzle and everything. But then like, after I read the show notes and the names that I listed there, I'm like, this, this list, even the guys I'm excited about are, and I'm saying there's an uptick. I don't know how excited I'm going to be starting kickoff. So whenever our listeners are listening to this, this is a, as of today, Tuesday, March 21st, based on our current studies where we, you know, where we see an uptick. And, and I do think Rashad Penny is one. I like that you mentioned Bijan, Mitch. You know, that's probably why I didn't like the Rojo news, because I don't want anyone, you know, peeing in my Cheerios here of my dream that Bijan is going to be a cowboy. I've got the, the jersey pre-ordered in my mind. Um, but with the Eagles, and I, I let me go back to Bijan. So I have heard so many analysts say every person I talk to, everyone in the NFL I talk to, Bijan's top seven on their list, top five mm-hmm. on their list. So any team could surprise us, and the Eagles could be one of them. But what, what do we know about the Eagles? It's about scheme. They normally don't invest a lot into that running back position, and all signs point to Penny's going to be the guy. So mm-hmm. check the system fit box for me. You know, I'm not scared of Gainwell or Boston Scott rising in value. They've still got a great O-line. Penny does have talent. We know that. So if he stays ta- talent, that scheme fit with a great O-line, with no threat on that roster, it should be an uptick. Now, you're going to see the theme throughout tonight's episode is me, me playing devil's advocate a little bit. Hmm. And I know that's shocking because typically I like to keep things pretty calm over here. But Rashad Penny... I it looks to be on paper an ideal landing spot, right? You have a running back that historically has not been that involved in the passing game. That's fully expected to continue here in Philadelphia where we have Kenneth Gainwell and we have Rashad Penny replacing Miles Sanders. So I was thinking, how involved was Miles Sanders in 2022 in the passing game? You know, I'm not necessarily saying you're going to be able to sub him in one for one. I know the answer to this because I had a lot of best ball bets throughout the year where he needed to get like six receiving yards. Dude lost me so much money. (laughs) So talking about replacing Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders ranked 64th out of 67 running backs with at least 100 routes run in 2022 with a 9.67% targets per route run. All right. So... On 9.67% of his routes run, he received a target. He earned a target. That came in 64th out of the 67 qualifying running backs. So I and I you can say that Rashad Penny is a better running back than Miles Sanders. He is. But I don't think there's any questioning who the better receiving back of the two is. Rashad Penny. Oh, Jesus. There's the dude that, how many targets does he have throughout his career? I don't know. You're the numbers guy, man. I'm just telling you that, like, I'm not loving him because of his receiving profile no, 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 that's no. coming in. 
He has 27 receptions in okay. five years. Okay. And how right. much but, does but, Miles but, Sanders but, have? But listen, listen, listen. So we've already capped his upside significantly, whether it's the scheme that we want to talk about, whether it's Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott being involved, but also just like we're going to talk about with so many of these running backs tonight, because most of these guys that we're going to talk about are running backs. Uh, when you look at NFL free agency and guys that might be a trap or value, it's looking at the, the running back position because for the most part, obviously wide receivers, a lot more options on each team. But with Rashad Penny, you have a 27-year-old running back that his his cat dead cap hit. Let, let's say let's say he were to be cut, okay? Six hundred thousand dollars, a total so, salary of one point three million in twenty twenty three. So why are they going to uh, cut him? Just why would they cut him? I'm not saying they're going to cut him. If they were, I I, I believe I, I started that sentence with the word if. I was just list, saying if, why would they? I mean, I'm sure that they could, but I mean, if his contract is so low, so what you, would be the point in cutting him in the first place if he? isn't accounting for anything on the cap. So you don't believe that we should be on this show discussing possibilities. You you want to speak in certainties? Yeah, I I'm, I'm pretty sure that he's going to be on the team outside of injury. He's going to be on their I, week 1 roster. I didn't say he was going to be cut. This is where listening is key. We need an intervention. Hold on, I'm, we I'm need not an done. intervention. Dan, I'm not done. Uh-oh. I'm he's not hot. Done. He's hot. Woo! So you have a running back then that based on the scheme, okay, great. But we already said we, we are going to cap his ceiling. He has to avoid that. There's a lot of running backs in the draft. Not everybody's saying avoid Bijan. This is a deep class. All right. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt. Mitch and Dan simultaneously frowning full of that. Listen, Jake, they, they, all they do Listen. is frown. Now with, with all of that said, uh, you know, at 207, that's kind of where he's his trading at right now. Okay. We have seen in the Patreon, in our Discord, people have successfully moved an early third for Rashad Penny. Mm -hmm. At that price point, sign me up. Because once we get into that running back 28 to 35 range and even below, you can mix and match and look at guys however you'd like. But please provide some context with your thoughts on Penny. Cause you both like him, but how okay. much? Where, so, why don't you just ask? I mean, we could probably tell you. So, so I, I will roll with so, that. Wait, wait, wait. So, so things have to be, you can't just come out and provide your analysis. I did. I You're, said, he's great. And I would love to buy him even at a higher value than he is now. You came so out and said context. that his value so is two oh seven. So that I already said that I value him higher than he is at that 207. So I've already provided the context. Dan, what do you think about this? I also think we are answering John's questions on the show notes. Now, like Rashad Penny is not a guy I am excited about this year. But the question was, newly signed free agents you believe should have risen in value. Rashad Penny rose from the dead a bit here because he, he died last year. It was this guy, Kenneth Walker. Look, I got this nice card in a pack, game-used jersey. Kenneth Walker, I got. He died last year. Son. He died in 2021. What? He died in 2020. He died in 2019. Right. He died in 2018. Every single year. This guy, Easter's upon us. Easter season. He's like Jesus rising from the dead every third year, we'll say. He's been gifted that life again. So he has risen. He has moved up my rankings. I think there's an upside, not pass-catching upside to, to the conversation you gentlemen had, 
But the Miles Sanders role of last year, if he could achieve what Miles Sanders did last year, that's a win for Rashad Penny. And anyone who gets him for giving up a third-round pick or whatever kind of value you could get. Oh, how, how high do you go, Mitch? 205. Okay, so the 207 is not that absurd. Uh, it's a little bit – I would – you can't say an early because that's a 201, 203, right? Wouldn't be doing that, but 204, 205, 206, I could talk myself into it on the right team. All right. Rashawn Penny's two, one of those is running backs right who we always call running backs league winners um, or specific ones, right? Penny is in a position to where he could be that for a mid-second round pick. There's not a lot of running backs I could say the same thing about. If you got a thin running back Steve, roster and you could get a starting the running first back. Time in his entire career, entire career. He's had value before until he gets hurt. So we're going to hope, when wish into existence, that this year he doesn't get hurt. And maybe he won't with that really good Philadelphia Eagles O-line. That if you trade a 205 for him, you've just gotten yourself a starting running back. There's no – 207, okay, we're pushing the envelope. 205, I will cash out every single one of my Rashad Penny shares. I will put a, I will put a bow on him and, and, and mail it first class. I will, I will get that share off my roster. Agreed, agreed. But just, you know, roster construction, depending on how you're equipped, if you're in it to win now, we're, we're talking a range there. There could be a value in getting Rashad Penny. His value has rose. We were not given a 205, 207, 20 anything for him a year ago. No, so, so it has risen. And then, but but again, the title of the episode, Dan, traps or values, then do you see it as a trap or value with his new inflated price? I count him as a value now, but I could easily see the trap with an injury, but I'm going to, I'm going to, to have conviction, I'm going to put him in the value category. I think in All that right, Dan, e- we'll, Eagles line. Well, hit us, hit us with some more conviction here with your next guy. Oh boy. It's tough, but I'm going to try. All right. So no. my, my, my guy, and again, this is just a rising from the ashes, you know, in the spirit of Easter, as you talked about JB, Mike Gusecki was dead last year, just dead, but he goes to new England who needs weapons and Gusecki's a receiver. He's not a true tight end. The new England Patriots were dead last in red zone offense last year. He could be a really good red zone guy that gets some touchdowns and is treated like a receiver in a team that needs one really bad. Again, I'm not excited about Kaseki. I'm not necessarily going after him, but if it's cheap enough, throwing in a trade, fourth round pick, maybe a mid mid late third, I, I'd be happy to get Kaseki in that muddled tight end position to help my roster. <laughs> I'm just laughing at some of the comments that Mitch is throwing up here. Wait, so so you're saying that? You might be willing to move a mid to late third for Mike Gesicki in a tight end premium league. Depending on what my tight end situation looks like. You know, we always say we're going with the, the big tight ends or we want to have like three of them on our roster to kind of rotate, play, play bye weeks, hope one of them, you know, has a good season. I put Gesicki into that late, you know, hey, if I'm building my roster around multiple tight ends, we're in tight end premium. I want to have three of them because I don't have a big stud. Gasicki might be in that mix of kind of a late draft value this year. I think he's Rose, where he was just completely dead a year ago. Mitch, I, you're shaking your head, but I got to interject again. I, I don't know. I'm it's, shocked. It's, I don't know if it's because I've been off for a week, and, and maybe that's it. My juices are flowing a little bit here, but nobody in a tight end premium league 
is going to, especially you, you, you mentioned Dan first, a fourth round draft pick. Nobody's thinking about moving him for a fourth. I, I'm not going to move Gasicki for a mid to late third. So yeah, he's again, he may have risen in value a little bit overall, but you would see him then at the price point of two eleven. You'd say that's a trap for you then. Two eleven. I still might buy JB. It's a little early. I'm still kind of dissecting the rookies, but when I look who I have here now, my my confidence in rookies at two elevens. I don't know. No, but I, I know come draft time, there's no way I'm going to move a 211 for Gusecki. But so, that, yeah, I'd say that that's probably a trap. But third round pick, easy. Man, we went from a fourth round pick to a late second. In well, I'm saying I, I want to start low and start the negotiation. Oh, we, you know the coach damn trades low. here. I'm, I'm starting shocked. low and then, you know, Mitch, you're shaking your head bit. over there about Mr. Gusecki. I, I just can't. Like, how is he any different than Johnny Smith? Like, John is he dead. better than Johnny Smith in any way? Maybe. Maybe he's a little bit better as a route runner, but I've seen this. I've been there with this offense. I just want absolutely no part of Mike Kosicki. I think what's going to be interesting is trying to figure out right now, as we sit here in March, trying to figure out the involvement and the way they they utilize Mike Kosicki and Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster and replacing Jacoby Myers what is going to be the split out of the slot? Is Juju moved out wide more, which would make sense because of Mike Kosicki's heavy involvement, uh, you know, operating out of the slot historically. So for me, if Mike Kosicki is getting more slot work than uh, maybe not as much as Jacoby was last year, but if he's hitting up there 50, 60%, that's going to, my ears are going to perk up a little bit, especially in two PPR. Now, if if they try something different, uh, Juju's gravitating more towards the slot, which I think is going to be better for Juju, even though we have seen, and he's not great out wide, but we have seen Juju through stretches perform quite well, even out wide. And I know you can look at all the different metrics and measurables and it, it it's not a comparison when looking at him the slot versus out wide, but Juju can still produce. But then it comes into play: Do we see this offense throwing a lot more? Do we see them relying on Mac Jones? I don't know. And I guess that's where I'm going with first Gasecki, seeing him being utilized in that slot. I've seen it with Tua before the like pre Tyree Kill days, where there were just certain games where Gasecki got peppered and got a bunch of targets. And then I'm looking at the uptick in touchdown production with that red zone offense being dead last, where I just could see a boost in production. And I think Bill O'Brien going in there could open things up a little bit. So that's why I get sick. And if I could even skip ahead, I had Juju on my list at a three-year, $33 million contract as being the guy, you know, hearing everything out of Kansas City that, you know, his teammates loved him, work ethic was good, fan base loved him. And he chose to go to New England. So I just see this offense evolving a little bit. Mac Jones doing a little bit better. Again, it's not an exciting list. These are not guys I am like, these aren't like Dan guys going into next year, but based on free agency and uptick from, from last year, I like these two where the Kansas city offense was so dispersed and spread out. I think a little more focus to go to these two. We like whenever the targets are funneled through fewer options, right? 
that, that's where we start to get the the more fantasy involvement obviously there's a great question in the chat from alex i want to hit on that once we get to uh an, another kind of lower tier running back that may have benefited from free agency so uh mental note right there we'll get back to it um who had darren waller i had darren waller i don't understand how you guys are so against this like tight ends suck tight ends are horrible We're bringing up mike gusecki is like hey a value play right i mean they're awful but it, like we talk about these dudes if they could stay healthy if they can darren waller has been injured the last two years right missed 14 games over the yeah. last two seasons yeah. he was injured if he could come back and be healthy, where does he go for you in tight ends? He's going to be top five, maybe? Because you were just bringing up, John, how you know we love to see passes funneled through Pacific. The Giants have nobody. I I think they still have like Sterling Shepard. Uh, then they pick up like Paris Campbell. They have nobody. So the one day the whale. Exactly. And we had, we love Darren Waller back when he could have those 15, 17 target games that's in his wheelhouse. Again, I can't name you five other tight ends that actually have that realistic of an outcome. If the dude can stay healthy, he's only 30. He has had the injury bug, but I completely believe that he could. <laughs> I just read a comment in the chat. Uh, but, Jeff in the chat says he hopes Mitch has a lot of IR slots for his Penny and Waller team. Touche, Jeff. Touche. That's the thing, right? Everyone's down on these guys. So now is the time to go and get him. I like. I love Waller. I love Waller just as much as I like. I was just looking at your tears, John. Um, probably right below the TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, and George Kittle tier. I like him right below that. And it was like, whoa, that's so high. Dude, if he could have one healthy year, he goes above all those guys, in my opinion. So he is, he is. But, but what, then, so then what, what's the difference from the beginning of last year then? That, that's the trouble I have with that. Uh, like, well, like he was a top guy to start he, last Devante year. Devontae Adams came and stole every single target there was for the Raiders. The, the Raiders. Uh -huh. That was pretty good. Huh? Year, that was pretty good. Like, I chalked last year up to injuries. If he's healthy this year, I think we get the Waller we expected last year. That's what we I, need. Darren Waller has missed 14 games over the last two seasons. He is entering his age 31 season. He turns 31 in September. Uh, let me now listen. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna, You've said listen like four times. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> I'm going to mention his contract, okay? This is just an if, okay? I don't want to get yelled at again. Like the Rashad Penny situation, the 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 Penny debacle of 2023. Okay, mm -hmm. I just want to minimal dead cap if he's cut next off season with a post June one designation. Mm -hmm. Am I saying it's going to happen? No, I just wanted to point it out. Okay. I just wanted to make people aware. Uh, he's also going to an offense that, you know, maybe maybe he's going to do an offense that did not throw nearly as much, about 70 fewer attempts than the Raiders last year. Is that because of the weapons that were available to Daniel Jones? Possibly. Do we get Darren Waller with the hyper focus uh, in terms of a target share? I, I don't know the answer to that I, I don't know, but that's the thing is now's the time to make the stand on that sort of guy. If everyone's still having him as the tight end nine, 10 in the league and 
I have a lot of faith in him, so I'm more than happy to go and get him on most of my teams. I'm completely okay doing that because the tight end position is so bad that outside of Andrews, Kelsey, and Hawkinson, and Goddard, like, I don't like any of them. Yeah, Notice I don't have them that low, Pitts. though. How fragile is Darren Waller's value, though? We, we, we just saw it. It's true, but I think all of those tight ends are fragile. Anybody down below those five is really fragile, in my opinion. Are you paying a late first in two PPR for Darren Waller? Yep. No. Yeah, you asked. I, I mean, yeah, you're wrong, but okay. I've been okay. trying. I got to see if we're in any leagues where I have Darren Waller because I've been trying to unload him and I can't get anywhere close to a late first really? value. Well, I wouldn't be in a hurry to unload him if you're trying to win this year, unless that's a roster you're not trying to win now, John. Do I get points from the IR? I, I don't know about what leagues you're in. I don't. But why, why, why would you assume he's definitely going to be on the IR this year? The upside for him is so good. He, he can land on the IR half- and still he still scores many of half the tight ends on our in our rankings. That I saw so a blurb terrible. on Realtor.com that he sold his house because he, he uh, permanently resides on the IR. Okay? And I really oh, reached no. for that one, I know. Oh, I reached for that no. one. That, that took me a while to set up. No, no, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, of, of course I'm being facetious with him and Penny uh, in terms of the, the IR, and I'm kind of just playing off of Jeff's comment in the chat. But two years in a row, it, if we see another significant injury that, that knocks him out for a month or two months, again, that value at age 31 it's going to be very detrimental. I don't know if we're far off from the what we saw with Zach Ertz once he had his injury last year. Granted, it was, what, the ACL, but he's kind of teetering on that that uh, threshold there. I mean, just two years ago, Zach Ertz, he put up another very productive season. Yep. I'm with Mitch, though. I'm rolling the dice on Darren Waller. For and, late, and the only for, reason for, I, I – Late first, for yeah. late first? Tight end premium. If I don't have a good answer at tight end, that's an opportunity to win. To that's a league winner. Could be it a is. league winner. And I believe yep. in the Giants coaching staff too. So. All right. So that's Darren Waller. Man. All right. Uh, just okay. so you know, we have three more categories to get through, and then I have about thirty <laughs> players for rapid fire. Uh, it's okay. The next one's going to go quick for me. <laughs> Same yeah, here. So we'll uh, see. All right. Just touch a point. Mitch, let's start with you. Newly signed free agents, you believe should not have risen in value, but they might have. Trap. Yeah, so I'm just going to say two wide receivers, and everyone's probably going to assume, oh, they didn't rise, but maybe they did in your leagues. It's Adam Thielen and Alan Lazard, just mainly because they're... Alan Lazard, we know why he went to the Jets, because Rodgers wants him there, so that's why he went there. Adam Thielen, honestly cannot name you another Panthers wide receiver right now. Terrace Marshall. I thought he was a tight end. (laughs) But no, like seriously, I can't... Terrence Marshall, that's the one, right? And so his his volume should be good. You're going to see on a lot of projections that Adam Thielen's going to have pretty decent projections. He just is. But for me, I mean, if you could get a third round for him, I'm moving him for a third rounder. If I could get a third rounder for Lazard, I'm moving Lazard. And you guys know I was really high on Lazard last year. It's if you could take this little bit of news that you get from those guys and move off of him because there's never going to be a point in the future to where you're going to be able to move off them again. In my opinion, we're going to see the narrative. The only, the only reason that I think we could do something with feeling in terms of 
uh, trading Thielen in uh, mid third for maybe a mid to late second. That that's probably a pipe dream. But the only reason I think we might be able to see something is because we're going to constantly get the narrative. Well, we're going to have this rookie quarterback come in and Adam Thielen is going to be that veteran presence that is going to garner targets and build that relationship. And he's going to be kind of be the, the safety valve. I think that narrative is going to be there. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I actually agree with you on both of these. I think maybe we did see, I mean, Thielen went from being dead, dead, there's a lot of death talk in this episode. Jeez. Uh, but Thielen went from that to, okay, maybe he can garner some some volume and some production here in 2023. It was, what, a three-year deal? Have you seen the terms of the contract yet? Like in I haven't term- seen him yet, no. Okay. When, I, when he might be able to be cut, I know that's the bad buzzword tonight. Uh, but Alan Lazard, yeah, I mean... I I don't think anybody's too, too excited there, but if you could dump them, like you said, for early to mid third, boom, get them off your roster. Dan, who do you got here in this category? Before I answer the trap question, no need to talk about these guys, but I just had them on my list. I want to throw them out there for listeners, newly signed free agents that you believe have risen in value. Sam Darnold. I'm just a little curious because I, I think they're going to give Trey Lance every chance, but I don't believe in them. And I don't believe in Purdy. I just think Andy's coming off the injury. Sam could just be sneaky with all those weapons. So if you're in a quarterback desperate situation, he's not a bad guy to stash. And then Baker Mayfield, uh, I'm like, you know, I was so dead on this guy. He was dead to me. And then somehow he came to life with the Rams. Now he goes to that Tampa offense with Godwin and Evans. And so I'm a little bit intrigued. Again, these are just kind of stashes. Um, As far as the trap game, agree with Mitch's. I would even couple Robert Woods in that that category there. Again, they might – I just, we don't want those receivers that are 30 and declining and you're not going to get anything a year or two from for them. So get rid of them now if there is any spike there. Um, but I'll, I'll go with a bigger splash name here is, is my, my opening guy and say DJ Moore. Um, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of excitement there. Fields, there's a lot of excitement. But I'm not convinced Justin Fields could throw yet. I, I have not seen him establish a wide receiver in the National Football League yet. I know Mooney may have been his best guy. But I just I have no proof or no indication or no no John Bauer analytics that say DJ Moore is going to be a better receiver in Chicago. Yeah, it's it's this is twofold for me and just kind of overarching points with DJ Moore and with any player with a change of scenery. We always see and I, I believe we talked about this in the pivot point this weekend, Mitch, that even if it is not necessarily a better situation, it's different. And people like the uh, whenever anything changes in fantasy football, players are traded, players are going off via free agency, but we want news. We want something to happen. And DJ Moore is one of those situations that, I mean, is it a better situation? I maybe a little bit. Is it a worse one? Maybe a little bit. I, I don't think it. you could look at this and say it's significantly better. So I'm looking at my tiers. He did not move at all for me where he was versus where he is now. But he has risen uh, based on trades that we've seen take place. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to sit there and, and have him as your wide receiver 18 in Dynasty right now, and I can move him for 107 or 108, 
I that's something that I'd I'd be willing to do because it gives you increased flexibility. You're able to maneuver around a, a lot better and easier than having DJ Moore. And that's not anti DJ Moore by any means. I just think the the market is a little bit higher on him than I am. But to Dan's point, just any changing situation generally it sparks interest and there's a lot more trade volume. And then two, you know, we're mentioning guys like Adam Thielen, Al, Alan Lazard, uh, Robert Woods. And you're probably thinking, Oh my, nobody wants these guys. Nobody cares. But if you go on Twitter, go on Reddit, go any, anywhere, even in our discord, because people are asking the questions, Hey, should we be a little bit interested in Robert Woods this year? Not going out and, and blowing significant draft capital, but those questions are coming up because anytime a situation does change, we want to be able to quickly evaluate uh, how this is really going to impact their value in production because then we can go out to our leagues and get ahead of the curve. So even if it is a player that you're thinking as the listener, nobody's going to have an interest in, the, in this guy. You'd be yeah, surprised. The interesting, the interesting thing on Woods is I think someone in our Discord was kind of – you know, in one of our discussions going to bat for Woods saying second yeah. year off an injury. And where I struggle with Woods is pre-injury when he was with the Rams, McVay, the one year thought about moving him for Julio, some kind of trade. It didn't quite happen, but the Rams were thinking about getting off him then. His game seemed like it was on the decline. And then he goes and blows out his knee and didn't look at like anything last year. And so you hit age 30, you're on the decline before the injury. I'm out on him. Yeah, Woods would be a guy that if I could do Woods and a fourth for a third. You know, these aren't sexy moves by any means, but you're able to move up in your draft. You're able to free up a roster spot. You're able to accumulate value, and it's a small win, but hey, it's a win nonetheless. All right. And high high, high rank question for you both, JB and Mitch, other than Robert Woods. Going back to DJ Moore, do you have him higher or lower than George Pickens? I am the same exact tier. Yeah, I think about the same. I have a couple shares. I was trying to get pickings and trying to maneuver some, and I, I wasn't having much success. So just curious. I honestly think right now, based on you were trying to move pickings for DJ trying to move Moore? more. No, trying to get pickings. What were you were you looking for a plus there with pickings? Like slight, slight, like a two for two and get a slight. But then I even I, I was going down, and then I got the comment from, and it was a healthy conversation. But they said they 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 actually liked Pickens more than more. So I was like, oh man, I don't have a chance. That, that's surprising to me because overall in the market, I don't think you're. I. It's always more difficult whenever you have a player rostered, because you get those blinders a little bit. I mentioned that in the chat actually. I think ver, verbatim, you know, we uh, we're talking about sure. uh, having blinders on. But uh, okay, Mitch. Players on a roster, they did not move. Oh, 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 you're not, oh, not skipping categories yet, are you? Don't skip I did go to the next yet. one. I, I have one more that I feel strong oh, about. Throw it at me. And I know I know I listed some names, but Deontay Foreman. And and I'm a Deontay Foreman kind of a truther over the years. He's kind of been a guy I liked. And I want to give some credit with to I listened to the, the GM shuffle on occasion there with Michael Lombardi. And his son was a coach with Carolina last year with Foreman. And one thing he talked about was Foreman. And I think this is helpful for our listeners. He didn't doesn't practice a lot. 
This is the wear and tear from the style of way he runs. He is not often available for practice versus the teams. And he thinks that's he thinks that's a problem, especially as the season goes along. And then I looked at his contract. I'm thinking one year's three million. It kind of just made me think Herbert's more the guy. And then, you know, they also signed Travis Homer, who could be a you know reception guy. I don't know if Tariq Cohen's gonna rise from the dead. Speaking of Easter again, JP, and in and, and our, our he's, tonight. He's not rostered anywhere. But but I think people saw the Bears got Foreman and everybody kind of liked him because he he's a good runner to watch. He's had, he had some good success last year. Um, but I think for Dynasty, based on that contract, thinking you know it could be Herbert, they still could draft somebody, and then getting that little nugget of information that he doesn't practice and he wears out as the year goes along, um, and he keeps switching teams. You know, it's no one's keeping him. So for you, one of the the red flags there is the one year three million. That's one of the flags, the contract, although that's kind of a theme with running backs, but it makes it more susceptible, I think, to lose that job. Like I'm looking for some security in Dynasty. Go ahead, try to reel me in here. I'm reeling you, you in because that is more than twice <laughs> as much as Rashad Penny's making this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting your, your got him. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. That was a, that, that's definitely I had a good to set one. you up for that one. Uh, yeah. So Dan, I think Penny was a leveraged, a leveraged deal though. It was a leveraged deal. They knew he didn't have any leverage, but I think they'll, they'll stand behind Penny and it's a little better situation. Foreman, we got a little more inside information. So Dan straight up, you would take Penny over Foreman. Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. Now can we move on? Yes, sir. Because I've been trying to see there, there are some and... other running backs, I feel too. But you know, Alexander Madison, that was a little disappointment. He didn't go anywhere. People might think Cook's leaving and he's coming back, but age 24, he can only fetch two years, seven million. I mean, I guess that's okay. But yeah. All right. Players on a yeah. roster that were possibly impacted by a free agent leaving Mitch. Christian Watson. I mean, just having Lazard out of that room is awesome. Um, I still love him. It, with Jordan Love, that's kind of the biggest worry, right, is how is he going to play with Jordan Love? But there's no one on the team that I'm worried about. Romeo Dobbs, I don't think, is actual <laughs> someone to worry about. The comments in the chat tonight are hilarious. They're fantastic. Um, But it's just with Christian Watson, he's someone to where, like, people bring up DJ Moore, right? I don't want any more DJ Moore on my teams. I've had it. I've seen it. I know where it's going to go. Christian Watson is a guy to where we could actually see him exceed value to where I don't want to call him like the Amon Ross St. Brown, but we kind of saw Amon Ross slowly come on later in his rookie year, right? We saw that a lot. Christian Watson did fairly well. You know, he was horrible early, then started showing more and more, more, more potential as the year went on. And I don't expect to see Christian Watson being a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, but top 20. I could see that. And with the other, how those skill positions are set up on the Packers now, I think Christian Watson is a great buy. Uh, a lot of people, I think, would already have Christian Watson as top 20. So I don't know if you're that far oh. off. Oh, I don't know. That's if the you're trouble that I have. Far off. Uh, who had Khalil Herbert? Well, John doesn't have him that high. Just saying. I had, we him, both on the, had him on the list. And yeah, I think we both had him, right, Mitch? Yeah. That's another mutual one there. Uh, don't don't you guys feel though like you talk about Dan? You talk about Deontay Foreman. Don't you feel like they kind of do similar things? <sighs> Foreman's a bruiser, man. You know, and uh, I mean, maybe I worry a little bit. You know, do they give him red zone work? I'm not sure. But 
I think Montgomery was the guy. It was a very talented running back. So you replace a very talented running back with a guy like Foreman, who, again, if we're worried about him wearing out late in the season and he's going to be the number two, I think Herbert goes from the number two running back or whatever he was to one B, you know, however you want to classify him last year to having a little bit more of a prominent role with Chicago. I think he definitely benefited and is younger. And I think they'll keep him for a while. That sample that I spoke about earlier with Rashad Penny and the targets per route run, Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, they actually both ranked bottom seven in the same exact sample. So out of 64 players, they were in that 57 to 64 spot, 58 to 64 spot. And, you know, I, I think Travis Homer, as of now, as it stands, fills that pass catching role. And we're going to see some Deontay Foreman and Herbert sprinkled in in terms of the passing game. But if Deontay Foreman stays healthy, I, I think it's going to impact Khalil Herbert a lot more than people might want to think. And when we first, whenever Khalil Herbert, uh, or let me say, whenever David Montgomery first was uh, signed by your Detroit Lions, Mitch, mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of hype around Khalil Herbert. And there was a lot oh, of excitement. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about different values. And I'm blasting out trade offers based on the conversations that we're having in our Discord, part of the Dynasty Theory Patreon, five bucks a month, uh, free for the rest of March. Check that out. Um, Jake says, Foreman averaged half a yard more per carry than Monty last year. Whoop, whoop. But, uh, you know, then I'm starting to see the the rejections lining up and the trades that some people are getting done. So then I went from in a matter of less than a week being completely against Khalil Herbert at cost. Now I, I'm really not that far off from that. Uh, two. where is he? You know, so. A little so around 201 from a value perspective, oh which is my absurd. Lord. but I have I personally have not seen him trade anywhere close to that, uh, right? I, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think he is like the ultimate trap right now. In I, I, all I agree, of the NFL, overall. of all of like these running backs that are getting hype, that are getting signed by different teams. Herbert is the biggest trap there is, they could draft someone to replace him. They could sign someone off the streets to replace him. He is just so replaceable, in my opinion, that I'm completely, especially at 201, 202, 203 price, I'm loving, especially if you're tight end premium, I'm going to be loving the tight ends you could get in that price range in the draft. There's just no possible way I'm anywhere close to that with him. It's just there's so many running backs that are entering through the NFL draft. Mm-hmm that could cause problems for a lot of running backs. Just not Rashad Penny. He's fine. He's fine, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's not just avoiding Bijan. There are six, seven other running backs that would present a problem if going day two. So we're talking mm-hmm. Bijan. We're talking Gibbs. We're talking Charbonnet, A-Chain, Tajay Spears, Zach Evans. Uh, I even think Chase Brown now, based on what I'm seeing, is yep. going to slip into that end of day two. I'm praying that Sean Tucker, Kendra Miller, and Tank Bigsby get in there. I don't know if they do that. All the stuff with Sean Tucker. And uh, I mean, I heard he's up for an Oscar for uh, his directorial debut based on the film that he just put together. That was top notch. But I, there are plenty of options entering the draft. And then I'm, I'm not saying they're by any means fantastic at this point in their careers, 
but Zeke could eat into something. Mm-hmm. And I I mean that makes sense because you know, uh plotter, he's just eating, you know, whatever. Uh that was a stretch too, man. I'm I'm getting tired, I think. Uh, but Fournette, maybe that's somebody that could eat into the work a little bit. That would have been a better one. Uh Kareem Hunt, he's still out there. So guys that, you know, again, not fantastic, but could impact some of these guys if they are to land a job uh where one of your favorite uh, running backs or sitting based on what we've seen so far in free agency. All right, Dan, who do you got in this category? Hey, just closing up on Herbert. I think as of he's one of those guys, as we said, March 20th today, it makes sense based on, I think what we know, definitely potential for a trap. I know in the chat, Jake said former an average half yard, more carry than Monte last year, that Carolina run game was legit at times last year. So there was some nice heavy volume there, but time, the guy Dan, I like time, time. What? I was just reminded this is what Jake, thank you. So Alex's comment in the chat from earlier that I'd mentioned, uh, Mitch, I, I want your thoughts here. Running backs are important to fantasy. And besides a few becoming irrelevant to NFL teams, is it now just a quantity versus quality, even for dynasty managers? Man, that's hard. The correct answer is probably yes. It's probably quantity over quality. But for me, I still want those studs. Like I still want Christian McCaffrey, Barkley, soon to be Bijan. I still want those guys on my teams because I don't like playing. Who am I going to start this week at running back and trying to guess? And then I miss the Dante Foreman, you know, when he goes off for 80 yards and three touchdowns and I miss that sort of game. It's, I still want the studs like without a shadow of a doubt, as much as it is more and more of the NFL teams are just going to now the words escaping me. Uh, multiple back backfields yep, yep. by committee by committee. That's the word <laughs> I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. There's just so many committee backfields now to where that probably is how it's going to be. But if there's that many committee backfields, how much more valuable do those bell cow backs become? And that's, that's the line you have to kind of take in dynasty right now, in my opinion. I, I was just going to say, your... I w- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you could have your cake and eat it too. I, I'm with Mitch, and I like to have that bell cow back at least at least one. But I think you still want to try to build up your bench and a good chunk of your roster with as many of those other guys as you can. Because I still prefer to build my dynasty team around a young receiver that I'm going to get a lot more years than than the running back that I'm going to get one contract out of. If I'm lucky, we get two. So you know the guys like McCaffrey and Barkley and that, that Mitch's name, and you hope to get two contracts out of those guys because they're the elite of the elite. So. I definitely want to have him. I like Mitch's take there, but I think you still want to build as many of those other guys as you can. I agree with Dan overall here because there are, you know, well, I I agree with Mitch too, though, because yes, if you can get those absolute studs and like you said, that the NFL is gravitating more and more towards all these committees across the board. Well, now those, those guys that are getting bell cow type roles are going to be even more valuable asterisk if they stay healthy but i think once we get towards the middle tiers and maybe even starting you know uh, running back 12 ish we're talking about uh you know you can get into your swifts your chubs your javantes your rashad whites damien pierce Ramondre stevenson tony pollard maybe that's where then we start to split those guys up so like dan said have your cake and eat it too you have your bell cow backs if, if you have them rostered, great. Hopefully you were able to get them in your rookie drafts. 
or you start to split up, you know, a, a, just a, a Nick Chubb for uh, a Pacheco, a Brian Robinson and something, you know, whatever the case may be. So now you're filling your bench with these usable assets. And even if you have the lower end guys like a J- Jamal Williams, uh, you're going to know when to use him, especially in New Orleans, if Alvin Kamara is suspended. Hopefully he finds himself uh, usage and workload, but uh, we could fill in a De- Deontay Foreman if Khalil Herbert goes down and they don't draft another running back. Boom. Now you essentially know when to use these guys, and that's when they become a little bit more valuable. So I think that's a fantastic question, and I think there is a fine line to walk where you can kind of go both ways. And I, as Dan said, have your cake and you too. So hopefully you kind of answer Jay, that a little bit. Jay Beef, if I could give one more player that just yes. I think fits, it, fits into that conversation of, of the bigger name back. And I, and I wanted to, I try to find something really like that no one's thinking about or talking about in, in this name that I, I added to the list. And I think a guy that has benefited from free agency, you know, we're not talking about the offensive lineman, man. And the Pittsburgh Steelers added a, a very solid guard in Isaac Samalo from the, the Philadelphia Eagles. And then they, they also added Nate Herbig, for a guard from the New York Jets. So they are bolstering that, bolstering that interior line. You get Kenny Pickett, who's going to have another year under his belt of knowing how to read defenses and put the team in good plays. Pickens you know, evolves another year. They still have the draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers might get that run game going again for Najee Harris. So I believe Najee Harris – goes up a little bit in value and no one's talking about him. And he lost a little luster, you know, he might be a sneaky guy to get. Mitch is talking about him because he hates him. All right. Do either of you feel Oh, really quick? Uh, James cook. I think he benefits overall because uh, ranked fifth in targets per route run as a running back Singletary leaving who took up 373 routes last year for context. Saquon Barkley was at 379. Singletary was at 0.75 yards per route run and didn't demand any targets. There's a very real chance. I think James cook with Damien Harris being in that backfield with him, as long as he avoids something crazy in the draft, there's a very real chance. He sees 70 targets this year. And in 2022, that would have tied for eighth Hmm. among running backs. So nothing to scoff at. I think Damien and James cook could have a, a role in that offense, but again, Let's get through the next five weeks and hopefully things play out well for James Cook. Do you be a trap too, though? Because you still got Naheem Hines and that Bills, like for years, we're waiting for the Bills running back situation to be something good because we love the Bills offense and that Bills running game. I don't know. So I don't disagree, JB, but I would just proceed with caution. I think Naheem Hines is far more valuable to them in the return game than. Taking up my James Cook targets. All right, <laughs> he, he started either, to get targets late, though. Do either who? I can just see. Mines. I can just see the running back like, coach in Buffalo right now being no, no. We can't use Naheem Hines. He's too valuable on our kick returns. I love it. You say he was getting targets. He had nine targets in nine games in Buffalo. Were they all at the end? Like it just, he just seemed to be more involved, or at least like play designs to him late last year. Maybe it's, I don't know, playoffs or playoffs. Get more involved. Playoffs. <laughs> Let's go. Let's see here. Targets. 
And it's his year um, two with the team. You week know, he was 18, a zero trade. targets. Week 16, two. Week 15, one. Ooh. Week 14, one. Uh, playoffs? Oh, maybe it was in the playoffs. Uh, no, he had three targets in two games combined. Anyway, do either of you feel overly uh, uh, passionate about this last topic? Or can I throw some rapid fire at you for about five minutes? I'll mix okay. mine into final thoughts. It's all right. All right, Dan, you good? Same. Good. All right, rapid fire. I'm going to give you a player who, for one reason or another, has benefited from free agency um, or or maybe maybe impacted might be the better word, or a pick. 12-team Superflex, 2 PPR. We're just going to go Dan. We'll go Mitch, Dan, Mitch, Dan, Mitch, Dan, all the way through. All right. Jordan Lover, 109. 109. 109. Derek Carr, 110. 110. Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers, or 111. 111. 111. Jimmy Garoppolo, or 201. <laughs> 201. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going back to Jordan Love, and I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Just give me the quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield, or 210. No, but 210. Oh, give me Baker. Gardner Minshew or 212? 212. 212. Kyle Trask or 304? 304. 304. Jacoby Brissett or 309? Uh, I could see Brissett. I could take Brissett there. 309. Tony Pollard or 106? 106. 106. Ramondre Stevenson or 107? 107. Dan. Ramondre. DeAndre Swift or 108? 108. 108. Damian Pierce, and this is going to be uh, Damian Pierce or 112? 112, and I hope Dan answers this one correctly now. Damian Pierce. <laughs> Miles, Sanders on one, Miles Sanders or 109? Wow, really? 109. 109. David Montgomery or 201? 201. 201. Alvin Kamara or 201? Oh, 201. 201. Mitch, have you taken every pick except Jacoby Brissett? No, I took David Montgomery, right? No, you took 201. Oh, crap. My bad. I meant David Montgomery. Sorry. My bad, everybody. Especially Uh, to the Detroit and the Lions Nation. James Cook or 201? James Cook. I could buy into JB's narrative here. Two, oh, God. That's torture, JB. Dan doesn't have any 201s. He should just be picking the player every single time. <laughs> Today, right. uh, I'll go 201. Khalil Herbert. You scoffed at the price point earlier. Oh. Khalil Herbert or 203? 203. 203. I'm going back to James Cook. Uh, yeah. Jamal Williams or 205? 205. 205. Let's see. Rashad Penny or 207? Rashad Penny. Penny at that point. It's close. Damien Harris or 210? 210. 210. 210. Devin Singletary or 210? 210. 210. Garrett Wilson or 102? 
Chris Alave or 103? <laughs> yeah, Chris Alave. Threshold. 103. DJ Moore, 107? 107. Oh, boy. 107. I was going to say, Dan, weren't you the one that brought up DJ Moore as a trap? That The value is too high? Anyway, you uh, are, but like one, one, one to one oh six is my sweet spot. When we get to one oh seven, I'm hoping someone slides. Like it depends how it goes. Christian Watson or one oh seven. Christian Watson. Watson. Chris Godwin or one oh eight. One oh eight. One oh eight. Calvin Ridley or one twelve. One twelve. Hammer. <laughs> And Trevor Lawrence, T. Law, I believe. Give me Calvin Ridley. We need a soundtrack of Dan's noises. <laughs> <laughs> He's become a Frenchman over here. Juju or 202? 202. 202. Elijah Moore, 204. 204. Sorry, Jacoby sure. Myers or 208? Jacoby Myers. 208. That whole thing only took two minutes. Pretty good. Hopefully that's I'm not saying that elsewhere. Anyway, that was stressful. You guys ready for uh some final thoughts? Final thoughts. Dan, 196th time post free agency traps and values. I hope we were able to provide some context as to where these players uh maybe some of them are the 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 picks that we were talking about. It's the tipping point. And that's where we kind of see the point of indifference and and get some ideas sparked. But anyway, Dan, what do you got for our listeners? So I'll go rapid fire. Final thoughts here. Um, we didn't touch on negative uh, players that were negatively impacted by signings. I just touch on the tight end position because it's such a frustrating weak position as it is. And like there's like a few guys that, you know, I'm not saying we were high on, but they, they had a heartbeat and then they had someone else sign with them. So now it's like two good tight ends competing for t- for for you know targets so you know my heart tommy tremble he's not trembling anymore i i think carolina needs to move him hunter henry you know with kaseki going there and then cole Komet, you know now has competition in chicago so the tight end position took a dent um and then just one note i put in the discord tonight i do it one time a year little non-football note going going with the charity um april 29th we have this purple stride across the country there's like 60 chapters that have it we host one here in scranton pa lost my dad to pancreatic cancer so every year i just post one time i don't heckle anyone just post in the discord if anyone would like to contribute it, it's near and dear to me and it helps a lot of patients it's only a 12 percent survival rate for pancreatic cancer it does, so it helps some patients and caregivers it goes a long way i saw a few people already donated to, donated tonight man my heart goes out to you thank you yeah, I know you're heavily involved in that, so that's a fantastic cause. Mitch, what do you got? So following that with Dan, I'm not going to talk about a player, but yeah. Um, <laughs> donate to Pancreatic Cancer. <laughs> Mitch is like, all right, so charity's out of the way. Let's talk about OJ uh, Let's Howard. break down Kyle Pitts and why I hate him. Uh, well, I I think this could, this could uh, Dan's, Dan's ears make them perk up a little bit. Jake Ferguson, maybe? Fergie? Fergalicious? I like Fergie. I like Fergie and Dallas. I liked him last year. I really was pretty confident Dalton Schultz was leaving because of the way Dallas felt about him. And you watch him last year. Um, 
he does really well after the catch, probably better than Dalton Schultz yards after a catch. He's a tough guy to tackle, and it was only his rookie year. There, there's some upside there, and he could block decent too. So you don't necessarily have to take him off the field. Um, he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, I, I think this time of year, it's it's important to keep in mind. Again, there's a, a, a whole wave of rookies coming in, and they are going to throw some wrenches into your plans for whatever players you might be higher on than market or vice versa. So while you may have your values and your thoughts and your convictions, just be a little uh, careful whenever you're going through your trades and, and you're talking through things and hopefully you have a nice community like the dynasty theory discord to talk things through for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We hope everybody enjoyed the show. We'll catch everybody next week.